Well, good evening and welcome to another hour with me on Eve, right here on Radio Pulpit, your daily companion, all the way from Gauteng to Cape Town. Special shout out to all of our listeners tuning in right now via live streaming or whether we, well, via our app. Can you believe it? Stutter for words. Can you believe that? Special shout out right now to Christu Buta, all the way tuning in from Auckland in New Zealand. Look at this one. Charles Wistazen tuning in from Mumbai in India. Wow, that is that is so awesome. Special shout out to our K Pulpit listeners as well, tuning in on the frequency 729. Maybe you tuned in on 657 AM. If you don't know how to tune in, maybe perhaps you're getting out of the car right now, go to DSTV Audio Banquet Channel 882. Alternatively, go to www.radiopulpit.co.za or you could just download the app if you like. So earlier this morning, I, um, I posted a video of uh, who will be joining me on E tonight. And boy, oh boy, I did not expect the reaction that I got. An amazing reaction by amazing people who said, Dwayne, we can't wait for tonight's program. So a special shout out to all of you guys as well. So before I introduce my guests on tonight's program, please remember that the studio lines are open and we would like you to interact. We would like you to be part of this program, so go to our social media pages. You can send us messages over there, or our WhatsApp line is open. I've got my eyes fixed the WhatsApp line. We've already got Ya Rusina Gordon saying, can't wait for tonight's chat. Uh, I've got so much questions that um, I need answered. Yes, another one. Thank you, Dwayne. What an awesome program. This is so cool. Good evening, Sir Dwayne and the panel. Mr. Ntebu is, is there, and it's going to be a needy uh, uh, conversation that needs to take place uh, regarding private schools. Can you believe it? So awesome. So if you want to join us tonight, the WhatsApp lines are open on 082 Let me repeat that. 082 If you don't know how we got those numbers, the slogan of Radio Pulpit is from Gauteng to the Cape. And our frequency in Gauteng is 657-2, the Cape 729, and that is how we got that WhatsApp. So if you want to join us, please do so. All right, I've got to introduce my guests, and I've got to do that. We've got a tradition here on filling the gap, and I'm going to do it in my traditional way. So both my guests need to just give me an opportunity to... I hope, I, I hope I impressed them with this one. Let's see. All right, so here we go. This is the introduction of our two guests. Listen to this. <laughs> so our first guest is uh, once again an individual that I've got the highest respect for. This is Mr. Graham Yoko, currently the Chief Executive Officer of the Accelerated Educational Enterprises. He's a Regional Director for Accelerated Christian Education, Africa and Scandinavia. Our second guest is Mr. Mandlam Tebu, and I please just want to apologize on air. He's not the 
acting <laughs> acting a chairman he is the chairman of the national alliance of independent schools associations he's the member of the board of the etdp cetas he's also a chief operational officer and stakeholder relations and policy development at accelerated educational enterprises these two amazing men is joining me right now on air firstly let's welcome mr graham yoko hello graham how are you Wayne, and uh, good evening to the listeners. So great to be together with you this evening, and we trust that we're going to have some good interaction as we talk about education, and more specifically, Christian education in South Africa right now. Very excited for that one as well, Graham. Mr. Mandlam Tebu, good evening. Good evening, Dwayne, and uh, good evening to your listeners. And um, I believe that... um, the conversation today is going to probably um, assist many of us to have a better understanding of some of the things which are unfolding in our country, but also, more importantly, about uh, what God is saying to us in this day and age. Thank you. So, Mr. Mr. Ntebu, just before I get to my just before I get to my questions, I can only imagine what's going through your office as well as through the office of the National Alliance of Independent Schools Associations, with so much announcements being announced and then cancelled and then announced and then cancelled. I assume you've had a busy time the past few months. Indeed, it's been very hectic because. Um one of the things that the National Alliance of Independent Schools Associations has had to do is engaging with government on behalf of independent schools in this country. And I must say that uh, the Department of Basic Education has been very uh, supportive and responsive to some of the issues we've had to raise with them. Hence, you will know that um, independent schools were able to open as from the 2nd of June last month. And so that alone is, is actually symptomatic of um, the support that they've had for independent schools to open. And we're grateful to the minister for that. And of course, there are many other challenges which are coming our way every day that we have to engage with as Naisa. Sure, Manla, just, just before I go into the question, something that I've noted was a, a pre-corona um, pandemic pre-lockdown, very little was ever mentioned on public forums um, about independent schools and names like Sakai, South Africa's Comprehensive Assessment Institution. Um, some of these names were 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 they they weren't mentioned, and all of a sudden, something that 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 that's really pleasing to me is you now start you're starting to hear these words in in the minister and in the educational sector where they all of a sudden start acknowledging and where they all of a sudden understand the need for independent schools, for home schools, and for someone like Sakai. Is this perhaps also a good thing for the independent schooling sector, or um, or how do you view that? It's very positive and very encouraging, Dwayne, because um, you will know that the primary responsibility to provide basic education in this country rests with government. And that independent and or private schools, they come into the picture as um, complementary entities that provide education in a private space. And therefore, that means that if... For any reason, we've got children who are no longer able to attend a particular school, which is private. 
the Department of Basic Education must make provision for that. And I think that with COVID-19 coming in, government began to take stock of the different partners it has in the provisioning of education in our country. And I'm glad to say that the ministers went as far as acknowledging that and saying we are partners with independent schools. And therefore, every decision we take as government, she said, we need to consult with them also and hear their views because we actually cater for 5% of learners in this country. They are in independent schools. So this is indeed a positive step forward, and I believe that it's the foundation for better and even more collaboration with government in the future. We are very much encouraged by that. Well, last night in the minister's speech, she more than once um, mentioned that she now welcomes parents who do not want to return their children to school to get in contact with homeschooling academies and with alternative curriculums that do offer an alternative solution. One of those, of course, is Mr. Graham Yoko. You are the chief executive officer of Accelerated Educational Enterprises. I would like to know from you, who is Accelerated Educational Enterprises and what what do they do? Well, Dwayne, it's been a privilege for us to be part of the education landscape in South Africa for the past 36 years. And Accelerated Education Enterprises has, in various forms during this period, been a supplier of education solutions. We're based in uh, Durban North. That's uh, where at this time of the year we still wear T-shirts and uh, go out in the sunshine. <laughs> Unlike... <laughs> unlike perhaps where you are up in Victoria. Um, but we provide innovative curriculum and learning materials that uh, gives parents and schools the opportunity to provide tailor-made education solutions to optimize learning and unlock individual potential, both in schools and in the home schools that you were mentioning earlier. Uh, at present, we service approximately 750 schools and over 1,500 homeschool families in South Africa and uh, 22 other African nations. So that's really our uh, our focus is uh, to provide wholesome, positive, uh, potential providing uh, education solutions to schools and parents. Sure. All right, uh, Graham. What exactly is the relationship between Accelerated Educational Enterprises, or known as AEE, and the Accelerated Christian Education called ACE? Uh, Dwayne, the the, uh, the difference is that well, it's not really a difference, but there's a relationship between Accelerated Education Enterprises as the supplier or the distributor of the Accelerated Christian Education program in South Africa and Africa. And uh, the ACE program started here in the mid-1980s, and it began to grow. It was used in, and still is, used in churches, and the whole idea was churches stand vacant Monday to Friday. The ACE program allows those churches to be used as schools without having to build new facilities. And uh, Accelerated Education Enterprises is the distributor of that system and the materials that go with it uh, in the African continent. 
Graham, earlier on you uh, you mentioned well you just mentioned African continent as well, and you mentioned if I if I remember correctly twenty two other countries. Do you only work well? Obviously, you don't only work in South Africa. You do, you guys do reach other countries beyond the borders of South Africa. Um, what exactly? Uh, who is those countries in Africa, and what exactly does Scandinavia? Um, what what exactly does that mean? Okay, so uh, on the African continent, we we reach up into as far as Nigeria, um, and then on on the uh, west coast, obviously Namibia, uh, Angola, and uh, on the east coast is the eastern uh, African countries: Tanzania, Rwanda, um, Kenya and uh, Uganda, and then also into the Indian Ocean Islands, Madagascar, and Mauritius, where uh, Christian schools have really taken off. And there's such a a desire for a wholesome and solid biblically-based education these days that we're just seeing an increased uh, growth in that. But coming to the the Scandinavia side, because that could sound a little uh, out of the African geography as such, but you know, when we work in God's plans and purposes, geography is really not that important. Mm. And um, I remember um, how we got involved in, in Scandinavia in the early days. My my dad, who was the pioneer of Christian education in South Africa and Africa, was coming back from a trip, and he uh, he said that he heard the Lord say to him that he needed to go to Scandinavia, and he didn't have any um, connection to anybody in Scandinavia, but I got back and said to my mom, you know, God has told me I need to go to Scandinavia. And she said, well, what are you going to do there? He said, I don't know. And I remember her saying to my dad, well, that sounds like God, so let's wait and see it. (laughs) It was about a a month later that uh, a friend of my dad contacted him and uh, said, I'm going over to Sweden um, on a ministry trip. Would you like to come along? And my dad said, Sweden, that sounds like Scandinavia, let's go. <laughs> and uh, as a result of that, God opened doors and uh, into Denmark and Norway and Sweden for Christian education to start there. And, and so we uh, were given the responsibility of overseeing those countries as well by ACE in the USA. And uh, we have been doing that for uh, over 25 years now. We God guides, he provides. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so we invited our listeners earlier on, and we asked you guys to please interact with us. I just want to give an awesome shout-out to all of our listeners. Guys, your interaction is booming. I'm going to try and give you some of these questions. I'm not going to ask the questions that I know are still to follow, but uh, here's a question for Mr. Mandla Ntebu. This is from Mariki Grunewald, and she says, Mr. Ntebu, I am not sure whether you can answer this question, but maybe perhaps you can shed some light and give some clarity on on this, we are so confused as parents having our child in a preschool. What is the difference between an ECD center being registered with the DSD and an ECD center being registered with the Department of Education? And when can we now open, Mr. Ntebu? Well, today's judgment in court was uh, very clear in that. All ECD sites that are private, private early childhood development centers are free to open according to the court judgment today. And um, the difference between 
the ECD site that is private and a standalone is that it is not part of a bigger school. You've got schools which have got um, any childhood development from grade 000 up to grade 12. That means you've got a component in that school which is uh, purely ECD, which would include grade 00 to grade R sometimes, or from grade 00 to just pre-grade R, which is uh, the ECD center. And then you've got from grade R to grade 12, which is the schooling uh, side of uh, that particular institution. So in this country, the South African Schools Act was written to regulate from grade R to grade 12. Okay, that's number one. And then if you want to start an early childhood development center for children who are younger than grade R, that's when you go to DSD, the Department of Social Development, to register that site, like a crash or early childhood development center or a facility which looks after children during the day, a daycare center. So that's different. That's one cater for children below grade R. That one will register with DSD, social development, and you've got one who starts from grade R upwards in the school. In that school, you've got different phases, of course. You've got grade R to grade 3, which is the foundation phase, you know, from grade 4 up to uh, uh, grade 6, and which is the intermediate phase, from grade 7 up to grade 9, the secondary school phase, from grade 10 to grade 12, which is the FET phase, further education and training phase. So that is how the system is organized. So if you've got an ECB center that caters for children, who are uh, lower than grade R, you've got an ECD site that should be registered with DSD, Department of Social Development. Now, let's come to the opening part. The Department of Basic Education issued directions last month, which clearly stated that ECD centers that are linked to schools were free to open together with the school. And that alone caused a lot of problems because at the time, the Department of Social Development had not taken a decision on when standalone community research should open. So people who read the directions from the department thought that covered everybody, whereas it covered only easy research that were linked to independent schools. But that was later clarified even last week, where the DG wrote to Naisa to clarify and saying that ECD sites that have got grade lower than grade R who are linked to independent schools that had already opened can continue offering education to can continue to offer education to those children. But all of the opening is underlined by as long as you meet the terms of the regulations for COVID-19. That means your health and safety standards and protocols must be in place for you to open. But today's judgment was really um, very encouraging and scathing on the Minister of Social Development, who is still uh, denying that there was a dereliction of duty on her part. But that's, on, that's another issue. Today's judgment says 
all private ECD centers can open as of tonight, if they want to open. It is the judgment of the High Court. And the minister is on TV even right now as I speak. He is saying that we will respect the judgment of the court, but also trying to defend herself and her department. That is the point. So I hope I'm covering the question. The question has been answered. Thank you, Dwayne. Absolutely, absolutely you do. Uh, Graham, my next question to you is, during the COVID-19 lockdown, schools and parents are seeking, seeking viable solutions for education for learners. What is AE and ACE um, has to offer? Um, general Let's just have a general discussion regarding this. What does AE and ACE have to offer to those parents? Well, Duane, uh, I think that for all parents, when the March lockdown happened, uh, they they might have uh, been in a, a state of shock because all of a sudden uh, they were used to having their students or their children go to school and be taken care of there. But uh, in the flash of an eye or a wink of an eye, we were all thrown into the teacher role as um, as parents and all of a sudden we now had to fulfill a role that we perhaps hadn't been um, familiar with and uh, I, I'm, I think it's quite humorous because when you know when children come home and they ask their parents to help them with their homework um, it takes us all as parents back to those days when we were at school and you know some of those uh, questions that they ask are quite difficult to answer and uh, particularly some of the math that uh, we're faced with, <laughs> uh, where we might not have been used to doing this, and we definitely don't want to seem to be uh, uh, uneducated or unable to answer when our children ask these questions. So I'm sure there have been a, a couple of uh, embarrassing moments for parents. But what do we um, suggest and, and, and what can we offer? I think that uh, so it's so important for us to understand that you know education is something that children really need to take responsibility for themselves mm-hmm. as opposed to have the teacher be the responsible one. Now, I don't know what it was like when you were at school, but I remember whenever <laughs> I failed a test, it was the teacher's fault. It wasn't my fault. Mm. Um, and it was great to have somebody to blame. But what uh, AE and ACE do is uh, we... We provide a curriculum and a, a system of education called a personalized system of instruction. And uh, what that does is it provides students with the opportunity of uh, working at their own pace. It provides them with a self-instructional process that they go through. And the parent basically comes alongside the, the child or the student and assists mm-hmm. them as a facilitator in that process. So... Uh, I think that when we look at education today, um, uh, we'll agree that it's, it's kind of like this rat race where we start at grade one and uh, we endure 12 years and then we graduate. Um, but mm. education is so much more than that. And it's, uh, it's, uh, the reality is that in a conventional system, you know, time is constant and learning is variable. Mm. So everybody starts at grade one. And we go along through that process. And then at the end of grade 12, we figure out who made it. But in the AE system, it's reversed. And that is that learning is constant and time is variable. Mm. And uh, I'm reminded of Benjamin Bloom's uh, statement that he made. He said, almost any child can master almost any subject given enough time 
and a variety of instructional methods. Mm. And that's really what we, uh, we provide as, uh, as AEE, is a variety of instructional methods that are able to be tailor-made to each unique child, as opposed to just grouping them together because they were um, uh, born in the same year. Uh, because they really aren't on a production line. They are individuals and unique in the way that God has made them. So that's what our program allows us to do, is to, is to prescribe, firstly, uh, to diagnose the student at their level of accomplishment and where they are academically, not because of their age, but because of their academic ability. And then we're able to prescribe curriculum that is uniquely suited to that particular student so that they're able to move through that uh, uh, process and uh, be successful in their education. So, Graham, I want to I want to testify to that um, a bit of maybe perhaps a bit of my personal life, but um, my own my own children is part of the accelerated Christian education, and um, that is our curriculum um, by choice as a mother and a father, and um, we've really really had unlike and uh, please I'm not judging anyone, but unlike. All of those people out there that's saying, open up the schools. We need the schools to open up. Um, <laughs> I'm going to murder my child at home. Um, we, we, we actually got the quite opposite during this lockdown. I have a, a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old. And my seven-year-old boy, being an ACE from uh, preschool all the way with ACE and Christy, I wish I could show people the, the, the seven-year-old boy walking into his room, self-discipline, doing his work, and Graham, this may come as a shock to some of our listeners, but both my children is further ahead with their curriculum at home than what they would have been being back at school, and that is just a testimony to the amazing ACE curriculum. Does that surprise you to hear that? Not at all. That's uh, uh, Mm. exciting to hear, and uh, so glad to hear the testimony of what's happened for your children personally, but that, that can be uh, duplicated or multiplied over and over again. And the beauty of it is that it's not linked to a socioeconomic group. Um, we, down here in Durban, we have a school that's in a, an urban area and another one that's in a, uh, in a, um, a township area. And um, the, the level of education and accomplishment is the same, irrespective of the the, the socio-economic standard, because the quality of the education is extremely high and consistent. So um, when students learn to take responsibility for their own learning, not only do they move more quickly through the process, but it's an enjoyable process because they're stepping up and saying, I can do this, and I'm able to achieve better if I work harder and set goals and achieve those goals, which is a life skill that will go with them through the rest of their lives as well. So great to hear that they've They've had a good experience during lockdown as well. And you as parents. Absolutely, it was actually quite a privilege, but I'm so happy you answered in that way, Graham, because um, the Holy Spirit is so faithful with one of our listeners, all the way from Durban, right there in a, in your beautiful city. Uh, one of our listeners, Ruby Matuong, she said, um, how do we, and you actually answered it, but um, I just want to honor Ruby here. She said, how do we make sure that we do not navigate the gap between the privileged and capital monopoly grouping that have access to all resources and 
which will find it easy to reopen immediately versus the general grouping. And then she said of the latter is the majority. And I think you addressed that with some of the AEE or ACE schools being in townships and a, a service that ACE do offer for the so-called majority um, um, lower class income people. Is that correct? That's absolutely right, uh, Duane. And, you know, I think that as with the gospel, that is available to everybody. There is no uh, differentiation. Um, it's our goal as AE to ensure that every student has access to uh, education and quality education. And so we have a variety of different models that would be applicable in the, the various socioeconomic um, areas in our country and, and really across Africa where you have some schools in very well-resourced areas and you have others that are, are perhaps in a in a in a small room, you know, we've had these down in the Eastern mm. Cape where students have been uh, educated in a small room that would, might not even resemble a school, but the quality of education has not uh, faltered and it's not been different because of where the students have studied. They can study at home, they can study in a small group, or they can study in a school where there are five or six hundred students together. The quality of that education is individualised. And it's of an excellent standard, and it allows those uh, young people to um, achieve their full potential because they're realizing that God has gifted them. He's, uh, 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 there are no, you know, if, if somebody's on this earth today, God has a plan and a purpose for them. Mm. And uh, very often conventional education just sucks that out and says you're not an achiever, but God says you are. Sure. Well, well, Graham Mundla, I can tell you guys this, that at the rate that these questions are popping in here on social media and on our WhatsApp lines, I wouldn't be surprised if we have it to be continued. Um, but uh, nevertheless, there's some awesome questions popping in regarding NISA, regarding funding. There's some questions regarding AEE and ACE. We'll get you back to that right after this one. We've got to acknowledge some sponsors that made tonight's program possible. So we're going to take a break for a short while. We're going to listen to a song called Good Good Father. And then right after that, we'll be back myself, Graham Yoko and Mundla. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this.
Well, if you guys only tuned in now, you're tuned into Radio Pulpit 657 AM from Hartzing to the Cape and 729 in the Cape. Shout out to all of our listeners. Now, um, gents, um, Mr. Yoko and Mr. Ntebu, I really don't know how we are going to manage all of these questions. It really seems to me like we might have to have it to, to be continued. Well, no problem at all. We can do that. <laughs> Sorry, Graham. What did you say? Sorry. I'd say education is such a hot topic at the moment and uh, so critical. So you may be right, uh, and we'd be happy to do that if, uh, if you need to do that. Absolutely. Well, these these questions are actually quite amazing. There's a question here. Um, I do not want to uh, just just for the sake of of radio and what I may and may not. I'm going to leave out some names in this specific message that I just got. But uh, what a relief to see that there's still people communicating with their so-called stakeholders and shareholders. Um, we are part of. Mm, curriculum, and we have received no support during this time. It seems like our offices of our curriculum is situated in the midst of ESCOM, and the lights are off. We are in the dark and don't know what the future holds for our children. Mr. Yoko, you can most definitely expect a call tomorrow. Please leave your details. That is that is a nice message to get, Graham. Absolutely, and I, I think there's you know, uh, Dwayne, during this time of, of lockdown, um, there have been uh, multiple uh, approaches by people offering uh, online uh, curriculum or online solutions, uh, education solutions. I mean, you're probably getting those in your inbox mm. every single day. And, yeah. and uh, it goes way beyond just offering curriculum. Um, it's the support that goes with that. And for many parents having to make a choice about curriculum and about a school that they need to go to is a huge decision. And so we, we see it as our duty to make sure that we're providing not only the curriculum and the tailor-made solutions, but also the support for parents and for schools during this time. Absolutely. What a WhatsApp to get. Uh, Yaza, Yaza Faraday Maponya, he says, I really support what you just said, Dwayne. It's enjoyable to see my seven-year-old child sitting on her own, setting her own goals. She's only seven, and she starts working at herself and achieves success. This is Faraya from Centurion. Uh, that is that is so, so awesome. Mr. Ntebu, let's get straight to you. Mandla, what, um, you are the chairperson of NAESA. What is NAESA? What is NAESA? <laughs> NAESA is the National Alliance of Independent Schools Association. Perhaps to uh, paint a picture for your listeners, I would say NAISA is like a COSATU of Independent Schools Association. <laughs> in that, uh, <laughs> in that uh, NAISA was established by the coming together of um, nine different associations of independent schools. Each and every um, uh, sector of independent education at different groupings in our country, because you, I'm sure you understand that um, different philosophies and different religions have their own schools and their own ethos. NAISA was established by such entities. For example, in NAISA, we have the ACE, Accelerated Christian Education. We have um, ACSI, which is the Association of Christian Schools International. We have AMS which is the Association of Muslim Schools, all schools that are Muslim, they belong to M, 
We've got uh, World of Schools, Federation of World of Schools in South, in South Africa. We've got um, also ISASA, which is the Independent Schools Association of Southern Africa. We've got uh, SABJE, which is the South African uh, Board of Jewish Education. We also have got SAMA, South African Montessori Association, which I'm sure many people heard them speaking on television this morning about ECD and making very good points about what needs to happen. Mm. We also have got a CIE, which is the Catholic Institute of Education. We also have got uh, ABESA, which is the Anglican Board of Education of South Africa. There are nine associations that form NAISA. But also NAISA has got um, also eight JLCs, which are joint liaison committees. These are provincial structures which are able to deal with issues uh, that have to do with independent schools at provincial level. We call them JLCs, Joint Liaison Committees. NAISA as an entity in this country, it represents over 1,400 independent schools in sure. South Africa. Sure. So, so, so we want to encourage all independent schools that do not affiliate to any association to find a home in one of these associations because uh, NAISA right now has a signed-up communications protocol with DBA, the Department of Basic Education. We are a, an entity that is uh, consulted by the department on all matters to do with independent schools. We also have got a signed protocol in agreement with Umanusi and also with FAIS. And we are also represented in a number of other spiritual bodies, like the ETDP CETA, for example. We sit on the board, as I'm a member of the board. On that board, I represent NAISA. So basically, NAISA is an alliance of all of these associations. They've come together to speak with one voice, because we came to realize that all of us, whether we are Catholic schools, we are Muslim schools, or, or ACE, all of us who are dealing with the same challenges when it comes to the Department of Education or the government or with the sector as well, or education in general. So we said, let's come together and create a space and a forum where we can share ideas, number one, and also collectively engage with the government and other stakeholders and advance the, 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 the mandate and the mission of independent schools in our country. So that is what NISA is all about. Thank you. So tonight's chat, uh, obviously you being the chairman of the National Alliance of Independent Schools and Associations, you represent so much more than just AEE. But uh, Mr. Ntebu, if I'm not mistaken, um, if I understand correctly, AEE Association is a founding member of NISA. Well, AEE Association is one of the founding members. Mm. Not me only, it's one. There are a number of associations. There are a number of associations that came together, including ISASA, you know, CIE, Waldorf. They came together and they said we need to work together, and that is how NISA was born. So ACE was one of the founding, not the founding association. But it is an immense compliment towards IEE being one of those members. So, uh, gents, um, I'm going to take a photo. 
I'm going to take a photo of what's happening here on my social media log, and I'll send it to you guys. We will most definitely need to have it to be continued, um, which absolutely pleases me. It shows you how hungry people is. Graham, if I can throw you this question to you, there's a huge emphasis placed on the exit qualifications at the end of grade 12. What matric or exit qualification can learners write, and does that give them access to tertiary education? Yeah, thanks, Dwayne. Thanks for that question. Uh, I think, in particularly in South Africa, um, people are obsessed with this end of grade 12 qualification that seems to be the golden ticket to uh, to success in life. But uh, sadly, there's over 4 million matric graduates that have achieved that qualification that now have nothing to do. They're sitting at home and... Um, so there's, it, it doesn't downplay the, the necessity for a, a qualification, but it does highlight the fact that this is not everything that life is about. But we've realized that in order for students to go on into tertiary education, they need to be able to access those. And so um, through uh, using the ACE and the AE products and programs, um, students are able to complete the National Senior Certificate through either the um, assessment body that you mentioned earlier, SAKAI, the South African Comprehensive Assessment Institute, or the Independent Examination Board. Or alternatively, they can do a qualification um, like the General Education Diploma, which is a uh, an international qualification at uh, NQF Level 4. And then there's also the possibility of doing a Bible-based uh, high school diploma which is accredited in the United States, and this is particularly helpful for students that want to go and study uh, overseas and more particularly in the United States. So we definitely don't want to um, shortchange any student who wants to pursue their um, education at tertiary institutions. I think that's something else that's quite interesting to, uh, to realize is that more and more young people are realizing that they can gain skills and uh, uh, learn to um, qualify themselves or they can study to qualify themselves without going to a conventional university. And there's universities such as Udemy and Udacity that offer free courses and uh, even uh, uh, Ivy Leaf uh, institutions like MIT in the USA offer these courses that students can do, and they, what they refer to them as is a nano degree mm. because education is moving so quickly and uh, information is doubling every 18 months at the current rate. And so what we see is that even somebody who goes to a university to study a degree, by the time they graduate, much of what they've studied is already outdated. Mm. So nano degrees are these kind of uh, many degrees that they would do through these other institutions and um, students graduating on the program are able to access both the NSC or alternatively whatever they choose to. Sure, that's a, that's a great question. You know we could do a whole show only on matric qualifications. Yeah, sure. <laughs>
And, <laughs> so there might be yet another to be continued. But nevertheless, Mr. Mtebu, he has a question for you. Um, government spoke a lot about finances towards government schools. Government could not even provide the necessary PPE to independent schools. I would like to refer to those schools who is not listed on a JSE company and is privately owned. These independent schools are really, really suffering. Um, is it... Is there any funding available for these schools? As I am aware of four aftercare facilities or private institutions in my area that closed down due to COVID-19, do you have anything on this for us? Dwayne, this is the plight of many independent schools out there. Mm. Low fee to medium fee schools. Um, the estimation is that... Um, over 3,000 ECD sites may actually close if they don't open soon, sure. etc. So there's a lot happening out there. We've got teachers who uh, have lost their jobs because many parents mm. are taking kids out of school. They are in an online platform or homeschooling, and therefore schools have to cut down on staffing. There are so many things happening. But to answer the question directly, we as Naisa, we have... Um, spoken to the department about the plight of independent schools. One of the first things we did when COVID-19 issues started in March and the lockdown began was to negotiate with the Department of Basic Education to make available at least two tranches of subsidies before the end of May to all independent schools that are subsidized by government. We negotiated that with government and government agreed with us and uh, different provincial education departments were also informed and consulted. Many have obliged and given two tranches of subsidies to those schools which receive subsidies uh, up, to, up to now. And there are some other provinces which are still lagging behind, as far as I know, but we want to believe that they are still going to get their house in order. That is number one. But number two is, as Naisa, we also... Um, began negotiations with the Solidarity Fund at the time to begin to look at whether can they help our schools to apply for finance. One of our executive committee members at NAISA began those talks uh, uh, um, to find out whether we could be supported from that angle. And um, Baker came back to us with a response, which was... um, saying that the Solidarity Fund is overstretched and they would like to help. However, right now, they just don't have the funds. So the point I'm making is that we as NAISA right now, we are still looking for other means. We have engaged with government and we are still exploring possibilities for alternative funding. Because one of the things that we've been saying is, if government can make money available for small, medium, micro enterprises and make funds available for for taxi drivers, you know, for the taxi industry. I mean, why can't government have also a special fund for independent schools and early childhood development centers that are are, are struggling right now? And the other point is that um, when it comes to education, this is one of the pillars, foundational pillars of our country and its future South Africa. And we believe that there's a need for government to really look into this in a more proactive way, 
by looking at how they can actually assist those schools. And right now, we hear of schools closing down. One of the schools which closed down just weeks ago is Bishop Basin School in Johannesburg. An old school that closed down. Mm. It, it was in the news. We all know about it. But there are many other schools closing down left, right, and center. And I'm saying, please, government, because if an independent school closes down, it means government must find a place for those learners elsewhere. Mm. And that is a challenge for all of us. So the question being asked right now is a question which is constantly on our agenda as Naisa, because we're looking at possible other alternatives to really see how we can help. Sure. All right. Well, gents, um, like I just said, a series of questions. We've got questions here based on uh, what is the role of the church in education. Uh, there's some questions on advice uh, for teenagers. There's some questions on online education. Um, there's some questions on what is the role of parents and of teachers. So there's actually quite a series of questions. One of the one of the messages that just came in is, could you perhaps uh, invite a child psychologist and host a whole show on how do we as parents go about the social interaction damage that our children has gone through. So, Graham and Mandla, if you really don't mind, could we please have it to be continued? I, I'd be very happy for us to do that, uh, Dwayne. I know both Mandla and myself, this is what we live for, and uh, education is in our blood. And so, uh, particularly the next generation that's coming through, mm. um, this this topic is something that's going to need some in-depth discussion uh, for us to find solutions that are going to last. All right, well, Graham, just just before we say goodbye and we give both of you just a, a closing word, perhaps to parents or to youth, Graham, there's some people that would like to get in um, in contact with you guys from an AEACE point of view. Could you perhaps please inform our listeners of how do they get a hold of you guys and um, are you on social media? Please give us all the details for that. Okay, great. Um, Dwayne, you can definitely make contact with us. I think, obviously, these days, Facebook is the easiest. So just uh, follow us on Facebook at the AEE Facebook page, and uh, we'll be happy to get back with you as soon as possible, um, as soon as we get that information from you. And then uh, you could also use the email address, info at aeegroup.co.za. That's info at aeegroup.co.za and uh, you'll be able to make contact with us. I think those are the two easiest ways during the uh, the, the lockdown period because um, sometimes the telephone lines are not that reliable. So we would suggest that what you do is just use the um, use those uh, two contact points and uh, our team are standing by and We'll get back to you straight away. Then, of course, if you are a listener of Radio Pulpit or specifically are filling the gap, you can also make use of uh, my filling the gap contact details. You can send me an email, info at fillingthegap.co.za or alternatively, Dwayne at radiopulpit.co.za and I will most definitely make sure that both Mr. Graham Yoko and Mandlam Tebu receives those mails, but I'm happy to report that we will be having a part two of this conversation. Uh, Mandla, just in closing, um, is there anything that the Lord lays on your heart right now to give to the parents or whether to the learners or to whoever's listening right now, um, what would you like to tell them? Indeed, uh, Dwayne, um, right now all of us um, are stressed out by what is happening in the world. 
happening mm. in our country. All of us are busy thinking uh, what will happen next. And we are afraid for our children. I just want to leave with our listeners this word. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, where the Lord tells us, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And we know that in Numbers 23, verse 19, he says, For God does not lie. He is not a man that he should lie. No, a son of man that he should change his mind. He has never promised and not done what he has promised. So as we live today, I want us to just uh, reflect on those scriptures to know that God is in charge always, and he knows exactly what is happening. Nothing takes him by surprise. That each and every one of us were born, were born for a purpose that the world cannot live without. All of us, we are the purpose. All of us can make a difference. All of us can contribute towards making the future of our children to be solid and confirmed. And if you think... There's an African saying that says, if you think you are too small to make a difference, we have never spent the night with a mosquito. (laughs) 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 With that, I want to say to anyone listening right now that you too, you can make a difference wherever you find yourself. Thank you, Dane, for the show. Thank you very much. (laughs) Drive, if you've got anything to say. (laughs) <laughs> How do you follow on that? You don't. <laughs> well, listen, I, I just want to say something to the young people out there because I think uh, they are at the forefront of uh, what's happening in the world. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about identity theft um, out there. And, and the world wants to steal your identity. Mm. But I want to encourage you with the, the words from the psalmist in Psalm 139, particularly verse 16, it says, God saw your subjects when you were yet unformed, and in his book, mm. every day was written before you lived one of them. And that's how important God feels you are, young person, tonight, is that uh, he fashioned every single day of your life before you ever were born. And if we want to be satisfied and happy in this world, we've got to come into line with God's plan for our lives. Uh, Ephesians 2.10 says we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, mm. which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. And my, my appeal to young people is don't let the world steal your identity. Your identity is in Christ. Stand firm on his word and allow him to lead and guide you every single step of the way. And you'll be amazed at what God can do through you. As uh, Manda said, um, nobody is insignificant. God has a purpose for each one of us. Sure, sure, sure. Amazing. I am, I'm so, so, so pleased to have you guys for part two. Graham and Mandla, really on behalf of me and I believe so much listeners, thank you for your time. Um, we really, really, really appreciate it and we can't wait for next week.